Welcome to the official podcast for Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization. I'm Beth, a.k.a. Triumvir Clio. If you've already heard episode two about the anatomy of a Greek tragedy, this may be a bit of a refresher. But just like the subject matter is different between a comedy and a tragedy, the structure is also a little bit different. Theater is theater, and old comedy was not unlike modern musical theater. Of course, it wasn't exactly like theater today. Plays were generally performed as part of religious festivals, frequently those in celebration of Dionysus, the god of theater. And it is important to keep in mind that Greek religious festivals were usually segregated by gender. It is possible that women were allowed to attend plays, but we do not have any specific record that theater festivals were different from other religious festivals. It is reasonable to work on the assumption that the plays we will read were written by men, for men, and performed by men, too. All Greek plays have two primary groups on stage. There are the actors who speak alone, and there is what Anna Russell would describe as a homogenous chorus who sings as a group. There's also frequently a leader of the chorus who speaks on behalf of the entire chorus. The number of actors rarely exceeded three, so each actor would play multiple roles. And while the chorus could include up to 50 members, that number decreased over the years, and comedies that have survived probably had no more than 24 singers. Greek comedy evolved over the years, but most of the surviving works that we have were written by Aristophanes in the form that is now called old comedy. It has some overlap in structure with tragedy, but there are some parts that are all its own. We start with the prologue, a short scene that introduces what the play is about. Sometimes it's a monologue, sometimes it's a scene. The key is that it precedes the entrance of the chorus. The parados is the song the chorus sings as it enters. In the song, the chorus takes sides. Kind of like when the people of Anatevka take sides over whether it was a horse or a mule, except being homogenous, a Greek chorus comes down on one side. It was a mule. The next scene is called the agon, a fancy word for the contest, argument, or debate that occurs in old comedy. Two actors debate and someone loses. And sometimes the chorus sings too. The agon ends with the exit of the actors. Left to their own devices, the chorus steps out of character and sings a song that has nothing to do with anything. This is called the parabasis, and it typically contains your standard Gilbert and Sullivan style tongue twister, some advice, and the reminder that what you're watching is just a play, so it isn't real. Because Aristophanes was concerned that you thought singing frogs and clouds and birds were real. We then have an episode a scene in which the actors return and talk some more. They talk about what happened given the outcome of the agon and may describe what happened while the chorus was singing the parabasis. This scene frequently is a farcical show of the result of the agon. The exodus is the end of the play and the exit of the chorus. Unlike our tragedies, a comedy usually ends on a happy note with something like a marriage or a riot or both because why not? Up next in your feed is a brief overview of what we know about Aristophanes, and then we'll be ready to start with the oldest of the old comedies, the Acarnians. Talk to you soon. You can join the discussion of this and everything covered in this podcast by following the link in my show notes. And if you're enjoying what you've heard so far, please consider supporting the show with a monthly donation of your choosing, just like public radio. 
And please also consider giving a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice so that more people can discover the fun that is Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization.